Okay, so let me just boot up here the various stuff I got for information. Are you on the Wi-Fi? I'm on the Wi-Fi. Jonathan's Wi-Fi network, it says. It's because yeah, that's pretty convenient that you found a Wi-Fi network with your name on it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's good. That's your intro. This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash Roro Cakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn, also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And we are back. <laughs> this is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passion. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun here today. Uh, we are in the beautiful Pancake Studios on a lovely August 29th. It's the day before my birthday. Oh, didn't know. Yes, yes, yes. August 30th, my birthday tomorrow. I'm doing nothing. Happy I'm, birthday. I'm celebrating by coming here. Okay, okay. Uh, if you notice a certain silence in the room, it's because uh, we're a man down today. Man down. Man down. <laughs> we, uh, uh, Ed was not able to uh, join us. He had uh, some family commitments to get to because the man is committed to family. That's what he is. He's I think, a family man. I think we should, I think we should get a, a, a t-shirt that says that, committed to family. <laughs> <laughs> and family will get you eventually committed is what's on the back of the t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> you just come up with that on the spot. I just came up with that right on the spot. That's what That's I do. That's what I do, John. That's what I do. That would make the perfect t-shirt. <laughs> make perfect t-shirt. Uh, for dadbod.com. For dadbod.com. Ed's pipe dream of a side business that he he's, will leave to be continued a fanboy podcast for. Uh, <laughs> jo- as always, joining us uh, here in Pancake Studios is uh, uh, as the already... Uh, uh, introduced in mellifluous tones of one Jonathan Vergar. I am Jonathan. <laughs> uh, today is uh, Tuesday, the uh, 29th of August. A uh, lot of things to get to uh, in the news. Before we get into the fanboy news, uh, I want to uh, just uh, talk uh, uh, quickly about uh, two topics. And w- we we mentioned a little bit this in the pre-show stuff where... 
man, like I always, I my conception of the show is something lighthearted and fun, and to talk about to seriously talk about things that we have fun with in the world of entertainment, and yet. My God, why is it that every, like we can go back like probably five or six shows and we're always talking about someone dying or death or some tragedy. And unfortunately, today is no different. And um, just to be serious for a little bit here, as anyone who's been paying attention to the news know, the news knows, um, Texas uh, is under a lot of pressure right now from uh, um, Hurricane Harvey uh, and its remnants. Uh, this is, is some meteorologists are talking about it being like a once in a thousand year event, this wow. level of uh, this level of rainfall. And uh, the specifics of the hurricane are that, again, even today on, on the 29th of August, is that it's kind of sticking around. It hasn't blown away. It it it's sort of in the I, neighborhood still. You know, I didn't know uh, hurricanes can do that, that they can stay stationary for so long. Yeah. And and that, the other and that's that the, and that's what yeah. the issue is. The issue is, is that um it kind of goes on land, it goes back out to sea, picks up more energy from the warm waters there, and moves back into, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it's not wow. just Texas that is, that is uh, uh, you know, under all of this uh, uh, pressure from, from this storm. Um, you know, nearby Louisiana as well mm-hmm. is, is dealing with a lot of rainfall, and they're going to continue to get more rain further in the week, even once uh, Texas uh, starts to clear up. So um, it's a it's a giant tra- it's a it's a it's a giant natural disaster. Uh, Texas is, you know, they're dealing with it as best as they can. And as you can imagine, um, this is an all hands on deck kind of situation. Every, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, charitable outreach. There's a lot of local and then national uh, organizations that are getting involved. And for anyone out there who is listening, we just want to do our little part. If uh, whether you know someone in Texas, where you don't know someone in Texas, if you just want to help out, there are a number of organizations that are that are doing so. So, uh, obviously, the first and foremost is the American Red Cross. Uh, donate money to its website or text nine zero nine 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 to them uh, to donate ten dollars. Uh, you have, of course, look into the Salvation Army, Samaritan's Purse, and Heart to Heart International. Uh, look on uh, the crowdfunding service GoFundMe and uh, look under their various uh, uh, Texas uh, uh, charitable unit. I mean, they're trying to raise at least $2 million to provide food, water, and uh, 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 medicine. Uh, Airbnb. Look into Airbnb, the, uh, the, uh, the lodging uh, network. Uh, they are waiving fees for people affected by Hurricane Harvey who uh, have checked in through uh, at least till Friday and is trying to connect people who need a safe space to uh, uh, to stay? Because obviously, this sort of flooding is just so so many houses, so many people, you know, affected. Uh, the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center and the Texas-based uh, Carter Blood Care, uh, which uh, uh, Carter Blood Care could be uh, reached at one eight seven seven three eight five seven two four. They are accepting donations. And uh, the Dallas Animal Service and the SPS, uh, SPCA of Texas is also working on because there are so many people whose uh, uh, yeah, uh, pets, animals, other words, who, you know, maybe they've been left behind. Farms. Maybe they get yeah, farms, in other words. And uh, finally, the, uh, uh, the Texas Diaper Bank, uh, which you, you think it sounds funny. 
Okay, yeah. And <laughs> John had to hold himself fat here. <laughs> but uh, the Texas Diaper Bank um, is all is assisting people with small children who, because, you know, in the middle of this tragedy, you're not going to be able to find, you know, pampers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if you are using cloth service, so, you know, um, uh, help out, you know, your fellow Americans. Uh, this, if any, is a... If there's ever time to uh, come together as a nation, it's uh, during these sort of uh, tragedies. Um, you know, naturalists have that, that, you know, no one is to blame for. If anything, it's the aftermath, you know. And so so that, there's no blame to go around. Let's all try and pitch in as, as best as we can. Well Mo- said. Thank you. Uh, moving on to another subject. And um, again, uh, I mentioned that we tend to have recently talked about a lot of deaths and uh, f- those are in the pop culture world, you know, uh, deaths of people very much connected to the world of entertainment and the fanboy passions that we talk about. Uh, this one is a little, a little more personal for me. And uh, as anyone who is a fan of the show, who listens to the show on the superhero hype, uh, uh, I'm a member of uh of that form. It's one of the largest uh, uh, forms for talk about superheroes uh, uh, on the internet. And in late July, unfortunately, we, uh, the community lost a, just a hell of a nice guy. Uh, When I joined in 2013, um, you know, I was surprised about the level of acrimony that is online. (laughs) It can get it can get terribly hairy out there. It gets personal. There there are resentments. There are bitter recriminations that are nursed for years and years and years. Anyone who is listening, don't BS yourself. Who, who you're a member of the hype, you know I speak the truth. Cyberbullying. <laughs> uh, no, it's, you know it's not, it's not even that, uh, John. It's just you know these things, superhero stuff especially. We're introduced to it as children. It's, it, I've always said it's more akin to religion than anything else. Uh, but it's religion where everyone knows it's fiction. And yet, at this, and yet evokes the same passions, the same level of mm-hmm. intensity. And so, yeah, things can get very... And, and, and I don't know, there's... There, what do you mean Superman can't turn back time? Flying <laughs> backwards. <laughs> Ex- I said it. Exactamundo. Yeah. Exactly. That, it's that kind of stuff that's, you know, inherent in the fanboy world going back to... God, you know, Star Trek and Star Trek versus Star Trek Next Generation and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but uh, this community lost someone in late July. Uh, his screen name was Vartha. Uh, and uh, his real name that he re- that has re- been released and is, is known to anyone who is, uh, knows of the story was uh, Bradley Howder. And he was a longtime member of Superhero Hype. And honestly, John, a nicer person you would never actually... It's odd, I say, meet, since I never met him. But, yeah, you know, you interact with people on a regular basis, sometimes daily. And, you know, certain personalities, you know, their quirks come to the forefront. And his quirk was, he was just a nice guy. Um, He reached out to other members he did cool things for them. He created artistic, you know, creations, you know, he like made fake like shield badges. He had been to the, uh, Joe Kubert, uh, school of, of, of art, uh, which has turned out many, uh, comic mm-hmm. book artists over the years. Um, he used to work overnights like me and like early on when I had become a member of the hype, um, 
he sent me a, a, a private message and he's like, here's my phone number. You know, it's like, I know you're up late too. So you ever want to talk about anything? You never need any information about anything. Here it goes. And it's like, who does that? Yeah. And especially online. Like yeah. Right away and just like, hey. And he was always super positive. He always had a good thing to say. He, he, what he was, I, I would say he was probably more of a Marvel fan, but he always enjoyed DC things. He always talked something positive. Even, you know, like again, we, we here on the show, we talk crap about the Berlanti shows on, on the CW. And he's like, I'm just happy to see superhero stuff in general. Um, he was 56 when he passed. So he's, I feel, even though I'm a, a bit younger than him by a lot, I feel that we had a similar background in seeing like, it's like, look, there's an embarrassment of riches today for people who are comic fans. But like, again, as Ed would chime in, probably like we remembered plexiglass shield, Captain America. We remember Lou Ferrigno. We remember when these things were, it would take many years to see one project to another project. And there was nothing like, yeah, yeah. A shared universe. There's nothing like, hey, you know, here's here's not one, but here's the the defenders. Exactly. Here's 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 a a, a team up show where we have multiple shows or movies. <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, or or seeing very esoteric things getting adapted. That you know, you know, it's like, of course, people think that uh, you'd have a Superman movie or a Superman TV show or a Batman TV show or something like that or Spider Man. Those big names, but. There are things now that have gotten adapted that were, you know, that would have been niche, like you know, 15, Legion. 20, like Legion. Exactly. Uh, and he was enthusiastic. He was always positive. He was always a, a, a pleasure to deal with. Um, just just sweetness all around. And, you know, 56 is also, quite frankly, you know, on so the young yeah. side uh, for him to go. And I wanted to take some time to talk about him here because, you know, he wasn't just a member. He was also a moderator. You know, he had been there for enough time that he was given some uh, authority. And the thing about him was with Vartha is that if everyone on superhero hype behaved the way Vartha did, there would be no need for moderators. There would be no acrimony. There would be no, you know, kind of weirdly obsessive self-righteousness and all the rest. It would, you know... Things would be things would be a lot better. So um, again, even though, like I said, you know, it, it kind of gets to me that we have to talk about these sort of deaths at the same time. When we speak about people who die, as the living, we're 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 it's a testament to what they meant to us in in life. Whether that's you know well known people in from the world of entertainment, or you know in our personal lives, or even here, like I said, you know, in in an online community. That is, uh, you know, probably one of the largest in, in talking about fanboy passions. So, um, just a moment of silence for the superhero hype zone, Fartha. Uh, getting to the uh, issues of the day, t- today's show, well, we're going to talk about... Uh, Defenders uh, in the back end, that's going to be kind of the, the, the meaty portion. And by Defender, you mean uh, Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> <laughs> the Defender? He's the ultimate yeah. Defender. He puts, it to, he, puts it, he puts it to good use, though. He's not... It's a <laughs> Money, TKO. Yeah. TKO, man. TKO. McGregor. What was your... <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> we came in here in the pre-show. Oh. And uh, and Jonathan was like uh, was like yeah Floyd Mayweather versus Ewan McGregor. 
Yeah, I think it's said Patrick Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I was like, he was like Ewan McGregor, and I was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, all right, that's interesting, because you know, granted, Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest pound for pound boxers of all time, but Ewan McGregor is a Jedi, mm-hmm. and so that's really de- with depending on that fight. If it's Floyd Weather, it's Floyd Mayweather <laughs> versus Ewan McGregor. It depends which ones. Is it Obi Wan? Ewan McGregor, then yeah, that fight's over real fast. If it's train spotting Ewan McGregor, I, I think it's more likely you know, he runs out of the he runs out of the ring and like goes and does some smack or something. I think that's really yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not really going to talk about the fights in sports. Oh, it's not. not our not really our our, our our thing. Although, okay, John, no, no, you wanted to say something about it? What? No, uh, you know, it was a big fight. Uh, yeah, big pop culture moment. Big yeah, pop, yeah. pop culture moment, without a doubt. Uh, people will remember it, and you know it could be a fore- foreshadowing of things to come. We could be seeing some crossover. We could be. I, I, the money alone tells you something similar to this is probably gonna it, it's be a record, staged right? at some plumbing. It's, Was this yeah. fight a, like it's huge? Well, they're they're having some problems because apparently there were some issues with the streaming of it, and people are asking for their money back. Mm. And so now it's like, okay, is are Floyd and 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 Conor uh, Conor McGregor are they going to be like, uh, we're going to have to hand over some of that, some of those deli- that those delicious delicious millions, you know, settle this out of court or something? It's just so funny because you know uh, McGregor at the end of the fight was just happy to to make that check. Thirty million? Yeah. I'd I'd let Floyd Mayweather punch me in the face for thirty million, sure. Yeah, me too. You know have what? money for the reconstruction surgery, you know, even after. It's, it's <laughs> fine. You'll be good. You'll be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of things to get to in, in, in the uh, fanboy world. Uh, and uh, to that end, we will be hearing our In the News jingle, which goes a little something like this. You are listening to In the News. On TBC, a fanboy podcast. And uh, that was our in the news jingle. So catchy, it's, as created by created by our in-house uh, talent here of Edward Ng and uh, Jonathan Vergara. You guys always amaze me with the work you do in terms of like the music, because for me, it, it's I, I you know when we've talked about this before, but. It's magic to me. I have no um, traditional artistic skills of any kind. I cannot draw, and uh, I don't know. I cannot play a musical instrument or anything or paint. So both of those those sort of things, it's like magic to me. And Ed, Ed of course, does both. Ed, Ed draws, and then you know he can play any instrument uh, under the sun. I come in here, and when I see him and you. You know, team up to do anything. It's always amazing to me because it's like you know, uh, yeah, we'll we'll throw this. We'll put some Tiffany bells here, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and like we got all like a whole you know theme. Like when you work with AJ for any of like the you know the song bits that we do uh, on the show. Um, well, hey, you got the uh, you got the gift of the gab. I got the gift of the gab. This is this is true. I like to call it the mouth diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the mouth diarrhea. I can I can just go on and on, and we'll be going on and on right now with uh, some of the stuff that is in the news from the world of uh, comic books. Uh, I, uh, first off, is one that uh, uh, flew a little under my radar. I actually, uh, between current events, let's just say, John, going on in the world, I'm not going to put any money in the politics yard, but let's say there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and then I got sick. Um, like, I had been out of it, actually. And, you know, we haven't done a show for a while. Mm-hmm. 
So I kind of was like, uh, yeah, even on Superhero Hype, I'm on the on the forum that I'm a part of. I was in the politics section for like days and days and days, just going like ah blah 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 blah. So like, I, I tons of fanboy stuff like happened past me by just because. There were all of these other events that I was like, I just felt like, okay, when I get home, I'm watching Rachel Maddow. I'm not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like gonna like turn on like what's any, going on? Yeah, yeah, what's happening in the world. So there, there are some things that have uh, that have that have uh, uh, dropped uh, that you know we probably should get around to discussing. Um, I'd like to talk about the fact that uh, uh, we've got a first look at Evangeline Lilly. Uh, from the Ant Man and the Wasp, which is the sequel to Ant Man, so we finally have a look at her in the in the costume. Um, in my opinion, she looks fine. She looks good. Um, the character of uh, Hope is a pretty much a a a film creation. In the comics, classically, the Wasp is Janet Van Dyne. She is the paramour of Hank Pym, who Hank Pym was played by uh, Michael Douglas. Uh, in the film, we're, we're getting um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as um, as Janet Van Dyne, but it appears that the real in the MCU, the current active Wasp is going to be Evangeline uh, Lily's character, Hope. And uh, I like the outfit. I like the little tease from the one. You saw Ant Man, right, John? Yeah. And you know, what did you think of Ant Man? Pretty good movie, actually. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, it's a, it's it's it's, it's a tri- it's a trifle. I'm not, yeah, yeah, and that, but that's not putting it down. Yeah, yeah. It's a trifle, but it was an entertaining one. The characters were all good. It was, it was, you know, right, right. good comic timing. Everything. Um, I never would have guessed Paul Rudd would be a That's superhero, great. and you know, it, it had it had the right tone for what it was because it's Ant Man. Yeah. It's Ant Man. Yeah, 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 it's you can't. It's it's uh it's Deadpool uh, Deadpool for toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> I would I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is something where yeah. you it, it, it by its very nature, there's just so much that's like comedic about the concept. And uh, I, by I don't think they've reached the end of what they can do with that concept at all. So I'm, I'm all for film. And also, I like uh, there are a lot of uh, duos in comics. I mean, obviously the famous one is always going to be Batman and Robin. But there are a lot of other like team up characters, characters that are just like if he's around, this other character is around. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, you have the romantic angle, which is a, something else that's unique. You know, there's only a handful of those type of characters where it's you know, oh, they're kind of like co-equal headliners. Like, you know, you can't ever see, even if the, so, you like, sometimes it's a, it's a case of like, it's a superhero with like a non-super sidekick, but you can't imagine a story without the non-super side character. Uh, for, for myself, I think the biggest one from DC would be, there's a character called uh, Elongated Man. And Elongated Man is, a, he's a Flash supporting character, that's how he started out as. Think like Plastic Man or Mr. Fantastic, he has stretching powers. His whole thing, though, is is the name even is a is a gloss on the Thin Man from the old uh, the old nineteen thirties nineteen forties character and, and series of films, and essentially which was essentially about a, a detective and his wife and solve mysteries. And the Elongated Man, that's what his deal was. He he's a mystery solver. He was like considered the second greatest detective after Batman. I'm not even joking. Wow. But his a big part of his stories was his wife Sue. And it was always the two of them solving mysteries. She was like a debutante, and that was the sort of thing. He could, he was the one who like had the superpowers and had the skills, but she had the 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 entrance into the world of like high society and stuff like that. And um, same thing here with uh, uh, Hank Pym 
and uh, Janet Van Dyne from the comics, which is the Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which is, again, this sort of idea of this rich, th- th- this rich debutante type who uh, hooks up with a scientist and uh, they go on adventures. And to the point where in the comics, John, they're, that, they're original Avengers. You know, in the movie, most people are aware of now, they weren't in the original, the, the original line, but to the founding Avengers, Ant-Man and Wasp are founding Avengers alongside with Hulk and Iron Man and yeah. Thor. And so, you know, it's good to see the sequel coming about and we're going to get to see that the name is called Ant-Man and the Wasp, but we know that they're going to be co-stars. And we're going to get to see Evangeline Lilly, who I I don't know if you were a fan of Lost, but she was one of the best parts of Lost uh, to the point where I go like, you know, what happened? I expected more from her career post-Lost. Yeah. So it's good to see her uh, like uh, like doing this. And again, I'm all for the costume looks good. And, uh, you know... I'm hoping that the, the the sequel is as as entertaining as as the first film, since the first film was uh, a, you know a wonderfully solid piece of entertainment, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, we watched uh, the uh, Punisher trailer, oh, yeah. which dropped for for uh, the, the the next uh, Marvel Netflix show. Uh, I'm which, just so glad the Punisher doesn't have like blonde hair, blue eyes, like they did in like, <laughs> 2004. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, did he? I wouldn't say. Uh, the, oh, oh God, who's who? Who was that? You who, remember, right? Uh, the guy from Hung. I'm trying to. Well, I'm I'm forgetting his name now, and I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> um, uh, uh, he he had a good look. I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he was okay as the Punisher. The film is just okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not great shakes. And you know, I know there are a lot of people who love the 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 Punisher Warzone film. Which was the follow-up film, which was had a different actor again. Ray Stevenson uh, starred as the, as Frank Castle in that one, and it certainly was a lot more like hardcore and you know brutal. brutal but it, there also was some goofiness to it. <laughs> the villain, um, some really cheesy effects, and, and again, again, I know there are a lot of people actually who really, really uh, dig that film. Uh, but here we have the Bernthal mer- uh, 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 version of the character who was introduced in uh, Marvel's uh, Daredevil season two, which I think we all, I think most people just was like, bravo. You, you, your experience with the, the character, the Punisher in general, John, you, you, you knew him from the comics? You had read the comics? Actually, yes. Um, and this uh, new version of Punisher is, to me, the Punisher. Right. It's yeah. definitive, like, live-action yeah, version yeah, for yeah. you. yeah, yeah. So he he really uh, hits the nail on the head. For yeah, me. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Bernthal is an incredible talent. He yeah. really brings that intensity. He has that look. Um, friend of the show, Matt Zulkowski, uh has some issues with him. He, he feels he's not, like, New York enough. He thinks he's too Southern or something. Um, if there's one minor detail to bring up, he's, he doesn't, he's not as bulky as I would expect. Yeah, but no, you know what? I think that's, that's all not that important. But I think that that's most superhero characters. Since yeah, the superhero yeah. physiques, you know, drawn by artists and illustrators, it's hard for any man to or yeah. woman to you know look like that. Is uh, that a challenge? Is that a challenge? <laughs> <laughs> what are we, we, we going to do? Two handed push ups right now? It's radio. Here, hold on. I'm doing them right now. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing one one finger. <sighs> One finger. No, John's doing it with his tongue. It's amazing. It's amazing. He's a very lucky girlfriend. He's a very lucky girlfriend. Daddy likes. Daddy likes. Browsers. Uh, 
Sorry we went there. Sorry we went there, Ed. Uh, but uh, uh, back to back to Bernthal as the Punisher. Uh, I just thought he was a standout in the uh, in that Daredevil season two. Um, he nailed the character. He nailed the characterization. As I've said, the extremity of the man, but also the fact that he's not a complete total piece of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a certain level of there's a morality. It's a twisted morality. It's an extreme very low, but then surprise you, you know, like... All right, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and there's something about when you take any of these characters and you put them in the three dimensions that I think necessitates maybe just making them real people. And that was the thing about him. His motivations and, and, and the drama that they, that they, you know, teased out of that. You're made aware. Yeah, he he was he felt he felt very real. There was a lot of meat on those bones, and I'm a I'm a guy that you know I you know one of the things about the Punisher is, is that I actually think he's a very difficult character in the modern world to to you know to pull off for this reason. I think that there was a period of time he comes from a period of time you know late '70s early '80s where you know the level of crime in American urban centers and especially New York was a really a big concern. And, you know, post-Giuliani, it's just not the same. It doesn't feel yeah. the same as, like, oh, it's, I'm so dangerous I can walk, you know, go out the street. So, you know, it's always like, well, how are you going to pull off the Punisher and still make him relevant? And they did. Again, by concentrating on him as a character and making that, you know, again, just giving a lot of detail and a lot of nuance. Yeah. And then the performance, Bernthal's performance was just off the hook. I mean, he really sold it. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this. The, 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 the trailer that was put out, I would say, alludes to a lot of the things that we saw from that uh, Daredevil um, season two. Because we know that there was some sort of... There's something that goes back to his time in the service, in the Marines, right? Um, we know that, uh, what was it, the Kurgan himself, Clancy Brown, was involved in some kind of, you know, heroin deal... Uh, and so, you know, you saw shots of him, what obviously looked like him in Afghanistan, you know, in his full, you know, um, Marine Force recon, you know, uh, uniform and stuff. So, you know, it looks like they're going to take those, take those threads and, you know, hopefully build on them. I, I, I'm really looking forward to, I hope we get a, I hope we get a, uh, uh, another trailer that goes a little more. And I'm very happy that apparently, um, Debran Wall's, uh, Karen Page is going to be part of it because I thought... Their relationship was very good. It's not, I, I think it's it's not too often in these kind of series, um, in series TV in general, where it's like we're going to team up a man and a woman and eh, their sparks are going to fly. We know they're going to be in a sexual relationship. And that had, there, I never got that sense watching Daredevil that Karen Page was, there was ever, oh, they're going to get together. It was, she was just really concerned about this as a human being and vice versa. You know, that she she reached out to him, I think meant something to him. Uh, and I just, I hope that they, they continue with that. I don't want to see any sort of like, you know, love triangle between Daredevil, <laughs> Karen Page, and the Punisher. I think that would just be ridiculous. Browsers. Browsers. Another kind of small thing is... Uh, So, we're getting more word on Marvel's Inhumans show. Uh-oh. And, yeah, from from Scott Buck, who brought us Iron Fist. 
and Uh-oh. it just nothing sounds good coming down the pike with this. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Iron Fist. And yeah. you, uh, <laughs> hey, I am actually, if you happen, I just want to say, oh, I am actually wearing nice. an Iron Fist t-shirt right now to show my support for comic book Iron Fist. And also because it's our Defenders uh, review right. show today. Um, but yeah, this Inhumans, John, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll watch like the, some of the, the, the previews. Yeah. We saw a preview. Like, yeah, they've released some more material and they've had apparently had a, some screenings for critics and it, the word on the street is things are not good. I don't want to get you in trouble, but you know, uh, <laughs> okay. what, uh, what it looks like, it kind of looks like the cheesiness of the first X-Men movie. Doesn't it have that kind of like, has that kind of weird, I, you know, overdone like modern day Merlin look. You know, it's like you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. it, yeah. I I I just think it looks chintzy. Mm-hmm. Above all, all I don't know cheesy. I don't know that's in the but it just doesn't look like the money was spent on what it needed to be spent on, either costuming or effects or sets. Um, the Inhumans as a concept, I've you know we've said before. It's honestly. It should be wow. It should, it be, should be Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's like, well, we're not going to. We're not. But if you're not going to end up spending the amount of money you need to on this, then don't do the project. Do is my it. is my opinion. Uh, then we also have the fact that they're like premiering it in IMAX, and people are saying again, it's like, well, why? You know, maybe you, if you had spent the money on IMAX cameras, that you would have on you know something else. You're going to maybe think it would have turned out better. I hope for the best. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to... John, for all my bitching and moaning here, I'm not going to be surprised if I'm in that theater when, you know, it drops, I think, in like in, uh, in September. Uh, just to see it in IMAX, for the, just to see what it is. But, yeah, I'm... I don't think the reviews are going to be... are going to be pretty. And I hope... I'm You know, I'm not one of these guys usually who's like this, but I really do hope this is like the end of Scott Buck. In in terms of doing anything with Marvel, wow. I'm not, not the. Those, those are tough words. Not the end of him, as in physically. I, no, I, no, no physical I'm harm. Not. Please, no. anyone out there listening, do not knock Scott Buck upside the head with a tire iron. No, that's not we are what not I meant by my reaction. We are not either. endorsing ending Scott Buck. No, okay? no, but, but still, to say that you wish it, it'll end someone's career. Not is, career. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Just his affiliation with Marvel. Oh, okay. Just his affiliation with Marvel, because I think you've given him two shots, and it seems like the second time out, yeah. he hasn't hasn't improved it. I'm not sure he quite gets the material. Um, I personally, I, I kind of think that there needs to be a changeover at Marvel Netflix myself. We'll, I'm going to get into that in our uh, Defenders uh, trailer. Uh, another little bit of news uh, to 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 get into is that uh, not little at all. It's 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 gigantic. Um, this past Sunday was the season finale for Game of Thrones season oh. seven. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, John has not kept up with the show. He has not watched this season like at all. I caught up to season seven. Just so everyone knows, I started watching Game of Thrones like when they were mid sixth season. Right. Well, well, so we had ba- like, essentially we had made you watch yeah. because we had done the show, and then I got hooked. And then you got hooked, and you really enjoyed it. You liked I, the show, yeah. but then you haven't uh, been able to to catch up with yeah. the seasons uh, this season, which was the truncated season. This season was uh, only seven episodes long. But uh, I heard the last episode is like a movie; could be a standalone movie. The last two episodes 
could honestly have been like had that level of production values and scope that was just and a little longer too right yeah each because the episodes were truncated um uh because the episode runs were truncated uh some of them have been a few minutes longer a few minutes here the last episode was like 80 minutes i believe uh so it was kind of like a almost like a feature feature length and um we will have a Game of Thrones proper season seven uh, retrospective on the show at some later date when Ed's here to talk about it, and uh, we'll get some you know some other ringers uh, to to discuss it. Hopefully, AJ will be able to come in and you know yeah. drop another song for us. But uh, just as a kind of a general you know talking about the finale, and then kind of have to talk about a little bit of the season in of itself. Uh, I really enjoyed the season. Some of the fan complaints, I think there's some validity to them because uh, here's the issue with John is that a lot of people feel that, you know, having three less episodes, things weren't allowed to breathe as much. They had to, like, just get to the action. So, so, you know, we talked about the idea of, like, you know, wait a minute, isn't that island on the other side of the continent? How did they get? There was a lot of that. There was a, like, wow, this this battle that had, they got to that place where they needed to get that battle really quickly. And they played fast and loose with the times. I don't think necessarily uh, to the detriment of the show. I think they just were like, just assume three weeks have passed. Just assumed sometimes within a scene. It's like I'm I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to see so and so. Here I am seeing so and so. It's like, aren't you like at least a thousand miles from like? Shouldn't there have been a, like? But again, three less episodes uh, were kind of. Going into the, like the final stretch, I think people they just want to get to, you know, where the where you know, tie up, tie up their storylines, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, for another big reason, I don't have a problem with it is that um, in the past, like you know, the the first season they had that whole like okay, a Robert Baratheon, you know, the Baratheon king goes to get Ned Stark, and it's like hey, I'm going to take you to King's Landing. And what, you know, we end up with, uh, you know, at least an episode of them on the road, a couple episodes of them just traveling to King's Landing. And that was cool. And you got to know characters. You got to know backstory. There's discussion about this. You know, it's an info dump for the for the for the viewers because, you know, oh, oh, that that's what their relationship is based on. That's what this is. okay. But at some point, all of that build up, it's like, well. I, I don't need any more backstory. I don't need any more technically character development. I know that that sounds... Uh, there are a lot of people probably stroking their beards and clicking their tongues at home. How dare you say there's no need for character development? I'm not saying there's no need. I'm saying that there's a limit. And that we these characters are developed. We know them very, very intimately now. Now we have to do something with them. Now we have to set them on courses and, you know, move the plot forward. And that's right. kind of the big thing of this season was, you know... Moving the plot, we had uh, again. I'm gonna have to spoil a lot for you, John. So but uh, Danny finally arrives in uh, in Westeros. You know, she retakes her the Targaryen um, ancestral island, which is Dragonstone. We have, uh, you know, uh, Samuel um, Samuel Tarly at the uh, uh, at the at the Citadel of the Maesters. Uh, we've got, you know. We really get to see much more of Tyrion as Daenerys's hand. We get to see her first forays into Westeros battling. Amazing! When you get around to seeing, there's some amazing stuff. There, you know, huge battles, a lot of epic stuff, a lot of great character moments, uh, which really all led to essentially the last two episodes, which were 
some phenomenal, phenomenal stuff in terms of both scope, like epic things. There's a let's put it this way, John. There's a there's a battle beyond the wall uh, where John and some other guys have to go and uh, uh, they get trapped on an, a frozen lake, surrounded by ice by all the White Walkers. Yeah, uh, and it's really like, uh, if you can, you know, I, I suggest anyone who's a fan of the show, go online, go to YouTube. There's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff they release after the episodes come out where they talk about like how they were able to accomplish this, what did they did. And it's just like, it, it, was, it was, like you said, it was a feature film level. It was an epic feature film level of production of, you know, filming part of it in Ireland and filming part of it in Iceland and, wow. you know, having to create a fake lake. <laughs> And then the CGI involved, and on and on and on and on. Um, and then the finale, which was, again, a big a sort of thing where a lot of characters, some of them who had been separated for long periods of time, some of them who had never met, we had never seen them on screen together, were finally brought together in a, a kind of a parlay situation, shall we say. And that was real, as a fan for me, was was really enriching and, and rewarding because again, you have certain characters who you, you haven't seen together in a long time. And it's like, Oh, let's, Oh, Hey, what's going on with you? <laughs> haven't seen you in a while. You know, there's that appreciation that, wow, we've really been on a really long journey with some of these characters. And, you know, some characters have started out on the same side. Now they're on opposing sides, but you kind of want that relationship to stay. I think they delivered on that. Um, they characters who had never met, that was interesting to see. Uh, characters that, who had only met once, but had in their one meeting was a, a giant. I think you know. Again, no spoilers here, but you know, John, uh, uh, the Hound gets to meet Brienne of Tarth again. <laughs> so oh, if yeah, you yeah. you remember the last time they met, she basically left him for dead. Uh, and um, yeah, and you know, again, they 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 managed to. Tie up certain certain storylines, or if not tie up certain storylines, they certain manage to uh, remove some players so that their stories came to an end. Let's just let's just say that, and uh, some of that was very 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 rewarding. <laughs> Sometimes you know you don't want to say you want to you're happy to see someone die. Yeah, but yeah, I was happy to see some people die. They they deserved it. <laughs> they deserved it. Right, right. I, can, I don't want to again. I don't want to ruin too much for John since he hasn't seen it. And then it just ends with an incredibly epic moment of something that's been built up for the longest time. That something that had to happen. Let's just put it that way, John. <laughs> In order for the story to uh, get into the next season and get into the next phase of the story. Uh, but overall, I'm, I was re- I was very happy. Uh, and you know, if the next season is similar to. Again, shortened episode run, but expanded. I mean, if every episode is, is that what like, they decided? They yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know. I hope that it comes out that every episode's like seventy minutes. Yeah, I think that's that's you can get really meaty, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that's not super long. That's not making a two-hour movie ev- no. out of every episode. It's eh, so you know, seventy minutes. It's it's, but it's, it's a lot it, you can do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, of course, the downside is this, John, is that uh, we have to wait until twenty nineteen. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> yes, we have to wait Why until two years. Uh, two because years? it's so epic, John. Uh, you know, well, think about it. What obviously has to be in the last season of Game of Thrones? We have to have the the, the war for the dawn. We have to have the fight against the White Walkers. So, 
that's that's just all special effects. There's no like yeah. all the white the white walkers are all either practical or CG. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh you know, just just to give you a little a little taste um you know, some of you know some of the casualties the white walkers had when they were you know beyond the wall were giants, remember. So some of those some of those zombie warriors are giants. And have to, you know what I mean? Among other things, again, I don't want to ruin anything, but yeah, they, they, um, let's just say the White Walkers have picked up, um, they picked up a new member, and, uh, this member gives them a very deep strategic advantage. And I won't say any more than that, John. When you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, everybody's like, Ed. Ed texted me as he was like, because I uh, I was at the job. I wasn't able to watch it. I had to watch it later on uh, when I got home through other means. And uh, it's like, God damn it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, some, I know someone or something died. <laughs> it's the only way you're like, so like uh, living again home. And it was, it was like, oh, okay. Well, that, that lines up with some rumors, but also, yeah, wow. That, that's going to give them a, a huge advantage. In any case, I was satisfied with the finale. It had like the biggest, um, Ratings of any show, and you know, it's something about that show is that it's it's a ratings juggernaut, and yet it is also the most pirated show, like in the world. Mm. I I actually think that you know there may be some sort of like dip in the world economy once it goes off. Because <laughs> the other thing, it's like so huge, it's over so many different countries. If it just goes away, suddenly it's going to be like yeah, you know, like I don't know, Moldavia probably is not you know. Yeah. Getting any of that sweet Game of Thrones money anymore, or you know, in, in, you know, somewhere in the middle of, you know, you know, bum f, you know, Ireland that probably, you know, again, what else they got going on other than like Game of Thrones comes there at least once every year for the past six years, you know, hundreds of people, you know, you know, film these gigantic battles puts a lot of dudes probably out of work, probably get a little something and some pride, so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be sad when the show goes. Hopefully, they manage to find some other way to fill in the gaps with like. Uh, spin-off shows or something along that line. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other things we could get into. We could talk about the fact that Matt Reeves had to correct this erroneous like quotation about him saying that the Batman movie was not part of the DC Extended Universe. That's or, an odd statement. Yeah, it was taken out. I, he really, what he meant more was that it wasn't part of, it was standalone in the sense of it's not connected to any of the other films in any way uh, in terms of its plot or moving the grander DC universe-like story forward. It will be a standalone Batman film or a standalone Batman trilogy. But he, people took that to mean somehow that it was an Elseworlds or, like, not part of, right, right, right. you know, the, the grand. It's like, no, it's going to be Ben Affleck. It's going to be so, you know, uh, uh, you know, the less said about that, the better. It's just more weird. The weird, what I call Zack Snyder derangement syndrome, that uh, is online with uh, so many people, you know, with their 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 long knives out for it. Uh, Patty Jenkins, um, more DC news, of course, has confirmed that she will be doing the sequel to Wonder Woman. So clap, clap, clap. She she delivered on that film. Um, uh, I think that's it for the news. Uh, so we're gonna go right into. Uh, my solo review, since John didn't watch it, he, it, it, it slipped his mind. I'm useless. I'm useless. <laughs> uh, Ed, uh, again, Ed will probably chime in in a, in a later episode about it because he did see it. Um, Marvel Netflix's Defenders. 
dropped in August. Uh, we were able to get this culmination of this um, this very ambitious project of, you know, Marvel had their shared cinematic universe, and you know, Netflix. And we forget how re- how actually recent Netflix is and compared to. You know, everything. everything else, you know, I mean, like, you know, they started out, yeah, they started out mailing you uh, DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, now we are in the, the, the realm of, of streaming and, you know, they partnered up with Marvel uh, to create this sort of sub-universe within their Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, first starting with Daredevil... And then eventually branching out into Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, we were talking about how the, you know they're going to have a Punisher series, and you know these are the less less powered, more street level characters um, whose stories I think are better suited to as they since they are le- just they're less spectacular. There's less spectacle. Are better suited to sort of a serialized format of uh, of a TV show with a shortened season. You know, yeah. the, the the usually these episodes are like their 12, 13 episode long seasons for these Netflix shows. And you know, it has been a mixed bag. We've talked on the show before. We, I think, for myself, I adore uh, Daredevil season one to season two. Uh, I think Jessica Jones. I know a lot of people did not like it. I think they were expecting something different, but. I thought as a character piece, I thought as a as a really dark and gritty drama um, with a hell of a performance from both its lead and from the villain, uh, David Tennant as the Purple Man and uh, um, Ritter as, as Jessica Jones. Um, really enjoy them. Luke Cage was a mixed bag. I think that um, we talked about that when we were talking about Iron Fist of, you know, like the lead... Liked most of the cast, but they dropped the ball when they changed over the villains. And that that show, Luke Cage especially, kind of... I remember it being a slog to get through. When Luke was doing cool Luke stuff, it was a cool show. There was a lot of stuff. Like Mike Coulter was great as Luke. But 13 episodes and then a lackluster villain to end it all with... It just, I remember watching it, like, getting into, like, maybe the first five episodes and then, like, literally not getting back to it for months. I mean, that's how, it was like, it's not grabbing me, per se. It's not really making me, like, want to finish the series. And then, then they gave us Iron Fist, which, yeah, John, I see, I actually feel John, John actually brings it up a lot more than I do, Iron Fist. Uh, I think just as a go-to comedy bit, right? It's a go-to comedy bit, but I think uh, Iron Fist to me is uh, Luke Cage to you. You know, just it's, didn't grab me at all. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, and and you know, again, it was the thorough mediocrity of Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, was it the worst show I've ever seen? No, no, of course not. You know, no, we're never, we're never. Pretty good. You know, but it had it had a certain level of quality and execution, but un- it wasn't. Unfortunately, actually. Uh, these shows are competing with themselves, you know. After you watch Daredevil, right, and then you watch Iron Fist, then it's like, oh, you know, this is 
not that great. They're, they're, the, but the, if you the, just watched it outside the, the, of the that, magnitudes of yeah, difference yeah. in the, in their uh-huh. execution and and performances, and especially I think the biggest thing with Iron Fist was the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no comparison between what they did with Daredevil and what they did yeah. um, in Iron Fist, and and you know they don't have to be the same. And is it fair to judge it? You right, know, right. On I, that. I, I, it might I, not be fair. It might not be. fair. I think it is fair. Um, I, I also think that it, you know, it, the none of these characters they don't have to be the same as well. So of course there's going to be differences. Yeah. It's just that can you do? Could you have done Iron Fist better? It didn't have to be Daredevil. It just needed to be better than it was. Uh and so, you know, that all led, leads up to Defenders, which is essentially their, their Avengers. Now, in the comics, the Defenders are very, very different, John. In the comics, the Defenders are, in their own way, more cosmic than the Avengers. I, that sounds hard to believe because the Avengers fights, you know, they yeah. fight people like Thanos and Kang the Conqueror from a thousand years in the future and... Uh, you know, so on and so forth. But and they got Thor. And exactly, you you think, oh, how can the Defenders be? But in the comics, actually, John, uh, the Defenders are they were they were quirkier and funkier in terms of characterization. But the threats that they handled and the characters that were involved were just as big, if not bigger, than the Avengers. Um, for for one, the their like original lineup is like. Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Silver Surfer, Namor. Okay, those are some of the biggest guns yeah. in the Marvel universe. In every way. In every way, you know what I mean? Like, like again, you just, just Surfer and 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 Strange alone. I mean, that yeah. handles ninety percent of your problems right off the bat, yeah. which shows you how big the threats must have been. And then the writing on it, because it was a a, a bit of a seventies Marvel uh, staple was again very funky they've sometimes been in, uh, the the comic book version of the defenders was sometimes called an encounter group like i swear to god like these people were kind of in therapy mm-hmm. uh but when marvel decided to use the name for uh, their their team up show here you know they just were using the street level characters you know for the budget issues that are the fact that the marvel netflix shows don't have the budgets that the films have so you're dealing with what is you know going to be a more low-key threat than, you know, say the end of the world type stuff that happens in an Avengers film. It's not going to be like, you know, Age of Ultron or something like that. And they it was obvious that they were going to use the hand as the main enemy. Uh, that this ties into, you know, Daredevil's past, it ties into, you know, Iron Fist's past. And the show started out, I would say, pretty strong for me. The first two episodes are basically kind of a, where's everyone been? And on that level, uh, the two things I really enjoyed about this show, John, were, I, you know, even with not liking Iron Fist and thinking that uh, Luke Cage was a slog, I still liked those characters. And I like that world. And just watching, you grew, like, you grew up as a martial artist too. So yeah, yeah. There's, 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 there's that. But that I mean, there, there, there's also just the fact that you know, again, like you know, you watch those first two seasons of Daredevil, and you're in Matt Murdock's life. You know, as yeah. with any character at any television show that you watch, where you, you, you dedicate 
time that is much more than a movie, right? You know, anyone who watches a, you know, regular network television or cable television, that's what it is. You're making a decision to sit down and spend an hour with a bunch of characters. And no different than the Netflix shows, even, you know, even more so because it's an even more intense experience. You can spend three hours, you know, on a Friday night with these people. And on that level, when it began, when the series, uh, starting the series, it was just nice to get back into the groove of these characters. Just to see them again. And then the added spice was, now they're crossing over. And not just them, but their, their worlds. Their, the, the superhero main characters, but also their supporting characters. Everyone was on board. Everyone was brought along with us. Sounds uh, massive. Oh, it, it, when you think about the level of cast, yeah. uh, Ed, Ed brought this up with me many times. Because he's like, uh, you know, Ed has some misgivings about the, um, the Avengers film. Because he's like, um, this is, he's just like, ah, this... Infinity War. How do you, how do you manage all of these characters? You had a joke where you said, "Is it basically maybe just one scene where every there's just a shot of each of them getting punched in the face?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how you handle like forty, like yeah, yeah, forty characters. Uh, no difference here because you know you're bringing um, the Matt Murdock uh, world and all of his supporting characters. So you know you have to have Foggy, you have to have uh, Karen Page, you have to have Stick. You know, uh, we bring in characters who are sort of crossover to all the world. So Claire Temple, who was in Daredevil, but she was also a supporting character in Luke Cage. And she was a supporting character in Iron Fist. Iron Fist has got to bring with him, you know, uh, uh, one of the other daughters of the, the dragon, Colleen Wing. Uh, we had Misty Misty Knight, who in the comics is is, is uh, Iron Fist's love interest, but was a character in the uh, the Luke Cage show. So yeah, it's a lot. And then you have villains who have spanned also those those worlds. Uh, Madame Gao being like the biggest one. Who was Madame Gao was in almost all. Uh, she, she was in Daredevil and she was in Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, and now she was also had to be in the, in this Defender show. And. They had to then have uh, threads of Electra from Daredevil season two, which were brought into this. And again, I'm sorry, John, this is going to be really full spoiler. I kind of, I kind of eased off with the Game of Thrones because I didn't want to ruin it for you. Show me no mercy. I'm going to show no mercy. No mercy. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Murdoch. For all the for all the Rambo First Blood Part Two fans out there, that's our Murdoch connection. Matt Murdoch, Murdoch from Rambo First Blood Part Two. See what it? It's all a tapestry. <laughs> uh, so again it was nice to see them just get together again as the series progressed it was also nice to see the character interactions probably my favorite thing is by the third episode we're seeing for me the biggest one which is seeing Iron Fist and Luke Cage together because in the comics those guys have got a long history they're brothers and everything but blood you know, and they're just a cool team. I love these two guys together. The yeah, Kung Fu exploitation guy and the black exploitation superhero. It's just, uh, I love that stuff. And, you know, given that Iron Fist was very lackluster for me, the other part was that in the early goings of the show, of Defenders, it, wow, what a difference a different showrunner and writers make. Because we mentioned he's a lot less whiny. He's a lot more proactive. Um, Everything we talked about. Uh, there's a lot of things that they... Man, I really got to watch the show now. They fixed 
some things. I will get into the 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 the, the other half of the things I didn't like. The cast is again everyone delivers on their performances very well, and the character interactions again. There's like this whole scene where f- finally Luke and Danny are like meeting and they're teamed up, and I had a smile a mile wide. <laughs> now was it the greatest material in the world, John? The, like the funniest stuff, or like no? But it was like you go like, oh no, there's something here. These guys, yeah, let's let's cancel the two seasons, the second season of their show. Let's just get let's just rush right into it. Let's get these two guys together. It was like that level of stuff. Um... You get to see things like Jessica Jones interact with Matt Murdock, and that's that's great because like she's you know he's he's not a cyn- he's not cynical. Matt is not cynical. He's that's why he's so tortured is because he is you know he's an idealist to a certain level, and we know Jessica Jones's character just doesn't give a crap about you know yeah. much else in the world anymore. She's very cynical, very sanguine about things. Uh, you know Jessica Jones gets to meet up with Luke Cage again, and you know where that relationship left off. Uh, <laughs> John's got a big smile keep because Ooh. yeah let, let me just put it this way John uh, Luke Cage gets out of prison right Ooh. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luke, Luke gets taken out of prison of course the first person he goes to see is the woman who's been writing him letters is Claire Temple you know she was definitely the, the his love interest in the Luke Cage series and uh, yeah Marvel Netflix strikes again with their we gotta have some browsers moments in like you know in these shows i don't know why they really feel the need i'm not a prude john you know that i don't it's not a question of like like oh sexual content we can't have that but there is this sort of like we get it marvel netflix you're you're netflix you're an adult thing (laughs) but you're kind of hitting us over the head sometimes with the sex stuff it is a little like uh, i don't think we need it i don't think it's necessary is this the defenders or or bliss yeah (laughs) 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 but but uh uh uh, the early goings are very are very cool because you to get the again the character interactions are nice and rich that said, overall, John, it's not as bad as Iron Fist. Uh oh. But so you're telling me it it, it it because you're 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 like happy about the first few episodes. I'm happy about these. I have these aspects that that even carry through throughout the rest of the series. What happens is in the a middle? lot of the character interactions are great. Yeah. All the actors are fine. Everyone, you know, both the heroes and the villains, everyone's good. The shadow of Iron Fist then comes up. The shadow of Iron. The shadow of Iron Fist next okay. on Marvel Netflix. Um, <laughs> because so much of this, the plot of that they chose for this Defenders, was based around the Hand and Kun Lun. Yes, yes, John Kun Lun plays a and again plays a big role. But again, what did we talk about Iron Fist? We have no conception of Kunlun. We have no conception of its people, of its cultures, of what it means to Danny or any of these other characters because we've never seen it. Yeah. And here again, boom, it runs straight up against that. Early on, um, the main, sort of the main early villain, and just like Luke Cage, they trade up villains in the middle of the show, uh, in the middle of the season's uh, run. Hmm. At first, Sigourney Weaver is the sort of the main villain. We found out that she's the real head of the Hand. We find out the origin of the Hand. 
Uh, and again, John, I'm going to spoil this because we have, and we're going to talk about it. Find out that the hand is made up of essentially three, uh, five immortals who come from Kunlun. Uh, Bakudo from Iron Fist was one of them. Madame Gao was another one. Uh, we have uh, the one, uh, God, I'm forgetting, Murakami, I think was his name, uh, and Sigourney Weaver. Okay, and uh, Sowende, which is another character that they introduced into the series. So, you know, ethnically diverse. We got a, a Japanese man, a Chinese woman, um, uh, uh, an African man. Walk into a bar. Okay. <laughs> Luke Cage's bar. Exactly. Uh, and we find out that, okay, they were, they were exiled from Kunlun, that they had come up with some method of extending life beyond death, and... Here's where the issues come in. It's everything else is then kind of on the murky side to me. I don't know quite what they were fighting against, what made them, why they decided to become a criminal organization. What they were, there seemed to be this sort of like, we learned that there is a thing called the substance. That's all they call it, the substance, John. And the substance is what has been allowing them to raise their members from the dead and keep themselves alive for all of these possibly thousands of years. But they all just want to go back to Kunlun for some reason. Which again, if we knew anything about it, maybe we'd know why, but... And there also seems to be more of an agenda at work. They talk about, oh, we fight for life, but it was like, was that a metaphor for their own personal lives that they just wanted to keep living? Or was it for some grander purpose the balance to the universe something if they if they they, they never explain it's hardly ever explained and because the hand is not particularly well explained and there's still this very opaque force and their motivations in previous series isn't particularly clear the hand to me just just looks like uh it looks a lot like the Church of Scientology. You know? <laughs> they were ninja Scientologists, especially <laughs> ninja in... Scientologists. They were ninja Scientologists, which, you know, I'd pay to see that. I'd, I'd watch that. i watch, you know... These things write themselves. themselves. Ninja Sci- Write that one down, ninja, ninja Scientologists. Scientologists. <laughs> John's actually... He's like, let me, let, me find, uh, let me find a notepad here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, because the hand is his opaque force... You're never really sure what the stakes are. Um, it starts out with some, which I thought, oh, this is rectifying the issues with uh, with Iron Fist because Sigourney Weaver's character, we're learning, is slowly dying. And they were told that through flashbacks. And I was like, aha, he, that's good. We're getting some backstory some on the character. Exactly. And again, for the first few episodes, they did do this sort of like, okay, it explains kind of her desperation it explains she talks about her past having a child it explains her bringing Electra back to life not spoiler sorry John but Electra is brought back to life which is something from the comics that has happened uh, as the hand brings their members back to life uh, but she's sort of brought back to life as kind of an empty shell of herself at first you get a little screwed up when you get yeah when you come back um and then essentially, you know, the the the, the this all forces the, uh, the 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 superheroes to come together, get involved, um, because the hands, you know, we find out what that hole was. Uh, we find out, <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay, John, when I tell you, 
what the hole was about. I know this is going to be good because the way you said it, we know what the the hole is about. <laughs> yeah, well, because there are all these earthquakes happening in, Ma- in, in Manhattan, right? So it's like, oh, what's yeah, what's causing these earthquakes, right? And uh, Stick shows up again. And again, shout out to Scott Glenn as Stick because uh, me and Ed were talking about this. Scott Glenn as Stick is... Um, He's he's just one of the he's such a great part of these Netflix shows. And me and Ed go like Scott Glenn is one of these guys that he was like born 45. Like <laughs> when he like first hit it into the world of movies, he already he has that look. He's just as a weathered look to the man. Yeah. And you know me and Ed were going right. like like yeah, you, you know, in your your mind and my mind, he is a ninja master. Because he also did, like, a handful of these, like, movies where he used a, a samurai sword and stuff. And, of course, now he's stick. And, you know, um, again, he's brilliant. He's wonderful. He, he, he gets brought into it. And uh, stick kind of gives him a bit of a skinny, you know, what's going down, what we got to do, we got to take on the hand. And, again... The initial like team up is very fun, um, you know. Everyone's got their conflicting, you know, backstories of you know we should do this, ah, oh, we should do that, and eventually what you you basically learned is the hand dug that hole because there was something at the bottom of it, well well past anything you know. If we're talking thousands of years ago, maybe even before you know the Indians settled into Manhattan. And it was close. There's a there's a doorway, and it is a door that can only be opened by an iron fist from Kunlun. And so most of the series is about the hand wants to get their hand on Iron Fist. Uh, to <laughs> come on, the irony. The hand wants to get their hands Hands on, on the, the fist. hand. <laughs> You know what I mean? They they All didn't right. they yeah they didn't think that was the puns through on that one, uh, and long story <laughs> short, Electra takes over the hand, and what we find out is at the bottom of that hole, after uh, Iron Fist is tr- and and this is the issue with it starts out being good for Iron Fist and then it just goes downhill again, then he becomes essentially impotent. He gets taken out too easily in fights, tricked too easily. Again, the issues we had from the from the previous, you yeah. know, the Iron Fist series. And so he's tricked into opening the door. And when he wakes up after the door is open, because he explodes it with the Iron Fist, he looks up and the, the camera pans up. And at the bottom of that hole, John, Dragon Bones. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Dragon bones. Dragon bones. The same dragons that he had to defeat to get the Iron Fist. Apparently, is oh. a species that lived around. And by the way, the name of those, the name of the dragon is Shalau the Undying. So we find out that the quote-unquote substance is dragon bones. Is yeah. Which I don't. I asked. I asked Addison. And is that a little on the racist side? Because you know, you always hear about like you know, in it somewhere in Asia, especially China, like all these like. You know, wide whale wives' tail remedies, like you know, you know, it's like, oh, you want to, you you, you want to get your erections back, you know, get, get some ground up, you know, rhino horns or, yeah. you know, like you know, tiger claws mixed in. So I was like, is that a little like <laughs> that? That the substance that grants immortality is basically just ground up dragon bones. I was like, okay, all right, but apparently, 
That was the this was a deep, <laughs> rich vein of dragon bones, and that in mining these dragon bones out, they would live forever. They would have access again to. They would be able to be immortal. But on top of that, once they dug them out, they would have shifted the tectonic plates, and New York would have eventually collapsed it on itself like it didn't even seem to me like it was like an immediate thing it was like so you're telling me if we got the army corps of engineers in here (laughs) that they could have let them do it but as long as like if the heroes are just like hey let's just like let them take the bones (laughs) and then you know when they're done we'll yeah we'll fill that in there well i I don't know we'll get we'll we'll get we'll get a construction company down here for like it was just an odd like it was it didn't seem to me like to be an immediate threat it was more like, yeah, eventually the water is going to rush into these caves and eventually it'll wash out this subterranean section and eventually maybe kind of sort of parts of Manhattan will collapse on itself. Like, so that was really underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, that well, does sound... Yeah. <laughs> sound and cool again, because it's depending on all this backstory of Kun Lun that we're never really shown and only told about. <sighs> Overall, it wasn't that it was bad. I liked it better than Iron Fist. Cool. Mostly because, again, the early goings were a lot more entertaining in general. Um, it's just that there's a lot of cool, funky action beats, and again, the character stuff, and you know, getting to see things. You know, just getting to see something like, oh, here's Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock working on a case together, and they're two opposing ways of getting information out of a situation. You know, that's that was very cool. It was, again, again, very cool to see Iron Fist and Luke Cage talking and, you know, pounding around. And some of the fights were really, really good. But and another issue I think I had was that, if anything, this needed a bigger budget. Because there really were a couple of times I was going like, all right, I know they're giving me some BS reason why Iron Fist can't just do what he did in, like, that last episode and, like, take out a floor with the Iron Fist. But that, that again, there's now there's no more even plot reasons. Now this is obviously you just didn't have the money for it. There are some effects that are like, yeah, that would have been really impressive in 1998 for a TV show. This is not that time anymore. Yeah. So you know, we were just talking about again, like the last two episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Insane. Let's just say a lot of dragon stuff, John. That is gorgeous, and you know the money is put into it. And again, it's. The defenders don't even need anything of that epic scope. You don't need to see them take on a dragon. But yeah. for some of the things they did, like there's this one section where, like, Jessica, they're they're on an elevator and they got to get out of the situation before it explodes. And you know, the elevator line gets dropped, and you know, Jessica jumps up, grabs it, and holds on like the and like, okay, cool, that's what she should be able to do. She's super strong and everything. It didn't look good. It looked really chintzy. It looked a little on the cheesy side. Um, that all said, John, here's what is very interesting. I liked the early goings better. I liked enjoyed the character actions, but the fact that the hand are too opaque, uh, that it was such a lackluster reveal and all the rest. By the end of the show, though, I was very excited to see what would be- happen next with these characters. Because... Whatever I'm saying about this, the plot did affect all the characters to the point where, again, spoilers, because this is our spoiler review. I've been revealing all this stuff and I'm spoiling it for John. Uh, The end essentially is at the bottom of that hole. 
is everyone gets out except Daredevil and Elektra. And Elektra's whole, like, I want to be with you forever, and that's, you know, I took over the hand, and we now I now we can be immortal together. It was that kind of like, you know, you know come to the dark side, and Matt wasn't having anything, and he would rather die than, than doing that. So, yeah, the cave collapses in on them all, and everyone's like, oh, Matt Murdock's dead, Matt Murdock's dead. And this sort of sets them to, the, like, the literally the last 15, it's like, they have the big action sequence, and then the last 15 minutes is just, like, epilogue. It's like, it's like, it's all like that. And after, and it is all of them just like, Hey, what are you going to do next? Hey, what are you going to do next? And you know, they're setting them all up. So we see Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. It's interesting because Luke is definitely tied to Claire Temple, but I don't know what they were suggesting. Like Luke was like, Hey, you know, Jessica, you got friends. Like maybe they're, they, they still want to say there was a spark. And in the comics, they are a couple. They have a kid together. So it's like, well, okay. Is is Claire long for this world in the next season of Luke Cage? What are they say? Are they gonna are they gonna go to some sort of like, you know, this is Marvel Netflix. We talked about their 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 frank sexuality. Are they gonna do a uh, a cheating thing? Is is Luke gonna cheat on Claire Temple with Jessica? I don't know. Uh, we see Jessica Jones fully embracing her investigation, her private eye, because that's kind of how she got involved into into her part of the story was someone came to her who was, you know, husband had been involved in a hand and Bloom suddenly, yeah, she's involved in this world of like, and Jessica, it was funny, you know, she's really strong, but she's not, she's not Captain America. She's not a skilled fighter. And there was this whole thing where, you know, she's like, am I the only one that doesn't know karate around here? Because <laughs> of course they're fighting all these ninjas and stuff from, you know, and hand-to-hand combat experts from the hand. Um, we... We see that um, Matt, before the collapse and, you know, before the other heroes leave him there, he whispers something to Iron Fist. And Iron Fist says later on, uh, like, it's like Matt knew he wasn't going to get out of this. And he told me, he said, protect my city. And you get a real sense of a torch being passed, right? Of Matt Murdock telling Iron Fist, like, you know, well, you're going to have to take up the mantle of, of, of handling this situation, you know, handling crime in my in my absence. Uh, and, and that is a, kind of a subplot in the in, in, in Defenders as well as Danny Rand going like, what else can I use my company for in terms of, you know, helping people in terms of, you know, stopping stuff like this. Yeah. And I think they didn't give him his costume, which I think was so stupid it, the Defenders was the perfect time to do that. I think it would have been very cool. It would have been great visually because you would have had two people who wear definite superhero costumes. It would have been Iron Fist and Daredevil, which they kind of bust on him a lot. Like, what are you? Yeah, what are you walking around in that thing for? Yeah. Uh, with two people who don't necessarily have costumes but have a very specific look. Jessica Jones has a look. We know she has her yeah. that leather jacket. She wears that scarf, and of course, Luke has the usual his his yellow his 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 yellow t shirt with his little hoodie with the yellow lining combo. Okay, that's not a costume, but that's definitely his look, and I think that would have been fine. Yeah. My feeling is that going into Iron Fist season two, the way they leave it off is basically like the last you see of Iron Fist is he's kind of on top of a rooftop, a la Daredevil, looking out, and you get the feeling, okay. What does that mean if he wants to take up that mantle? And I think that probably will mean costume. Costume superhero. He's still not like a publicly known that, oh, Danny Rand is the 
immortal Iron Fist from Kun Lun who who has the superpower. No, I don't think. I think he is still kind of like he has that crazy kid who showed up out of nowhere. Who we said he was dead, and now yeah. he's back running this company. <clears throat> so I hope that that's where they go with that. And then, yeah, I said that Daredevil, like, was at the bottom of this hole with Electro, right? Browsers. Browsers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> Dead Rebel at the bottom of the hole with Electra. Oh, can I? I yeah, can't say anything better than that. With big dragon bones. With dragon bones. <laughs> and in the comics, uh, John, there was a very famous story called Born Again, where essentially Matt Murdock's life is totally torn apart by the kingpin, and at the part of that story is kind of where it leaves him at is he is left in um, he's left at a church door and what we find out is um, and I don't know if you remember this from season one or season two of Daredevil but you remember that his father was a boxer you never saw the mother remember yeah that's because in the comics his mother's a nun really yes his mother turned to the tree that's where his deep Catholicism is, 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 is is a big part of it um, his mother had the calling from God, literally, and, and you know, left her marriage, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And she was a figure in his life, but he didn't know it. And then eventually in this story called Born Again, he, 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 he just like, are you my mother? So her, her name is Maggie, Sister Maggie. And lo and behold, last scene of Defenders is somehow, someway, Matt Murdock... In in a church like rest area, whatever. He's all messed up, bruised. He's you know I don't know who got him out of there. I don't know if it was Electra. I don't. We clear John. We clearly saw like the cave collapse on them. Somehow he got out. He's lying on his back, and you see this nun with him. And then she says he's getting up now. He's like get Sister Maggie. So that tells you where Daredevil season three will be starting, because. Everyone else, uh, Karen Page and Foggy, everyone thinks he's dead. And, um, yeah, that's where the Defenders kind of left me at, where I started out strongly, enjoy all through it, the character actions, but plot-wise, left a little bit to be desired, the villains were too opaque, but, strangely enough, left me in a place where I wanted to see what was next for all of them. Yeah. You know, I want to see where 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 is Luke going to become the hero for hire? You know, they they kind of make some allusions to the idea that like he doesn't have a job and that he's like sticking his nose into things anyway. So may as well make a buck on it and 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 protect Harlem, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it seems Iron Fist is going is definitely going into a more superhero mode type of characterization. Jessica Jones fully embracing the fact that she is this known quantity in the world that people come to who kind of same with Luke Cage is a hero for hire is a private investigator that people come to handle strange things. Um, if I have to give it like a BS pull it out of my butt score, I I'd give it like a six point five out of ten. Like, there's some really good stuff. Everyone delivers on the characters, but again, the writing and and the writing and the plot kind of lets yeah. lets it down in the end. 
That said, I would if you enjoy these characters, and I did, and I really enjoy all the characters, then you'll enjoy their interactions, and you'll want to see you know something so big that affected them that obviously is going to lead into into their next stories. That's just like, yeah. Uh, it's just funny that uh, the problems you have with it are the problems that they already made in the yeah. other series. That, uh, the, that it, it shows you how these sort of things require that you line up all your ducks in a row very well. Mm-hmm. That there should be some pre-planning. And I think that, I think that um, when we see from Daredevil Season 1, there is this strange thing where we get like, uh, oh, Gal... I thought they were going with Gal being a totally separate thing that would be connected to Iron Fist, but would be Chinese triad, Chinese in nature. Yeah. And lead, uh, to, lead down to another... Like, something else was a spot. different group whatsoever. Suddenly we find out that in Daredevil, oh. that first season, that Gal and Nobu were essentially on the same side. I, again, I think that they kind of... They got to Iron Fist and I think they didn't quite know what to do or they didn't have the budget to do what they wanted to do. And so they kind of like, eh, let's throw this, let's throw that, let's 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 have this. And so suddenly we're left with some, you know, like again, Bakudo, like make him one of the members of the the hand, what they called the fingers of the hand. I'm not even joking, Ed, uh, uh, John. That's what they called it, the fingers of the hand. He's one of the fingers. What? Uh, one of the oh browsers. <laughs> oh um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I you know, if you were a fan of this, I would say you know. I don't know if you, do you agree, not agree. Uh, overall, it was a bit meh to me. Yeah. It wasn't totally horrible, but it 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 was lacking a, a certain immediacy, a certain je ne sais quoi, if you will. Um, uh, but uh, to be continued, a fanboy podcast does not uh, does not lack any je ne sais quoi. We have uh, we have lots of stuff. Uh, we have some episodes coming up that we will be dropping uh, soon. I hope. I hope we have a um, we have one in the can, uh, in which John was able to get us uh, uh, an interview with uh, recording artist Freak Feynman, uh, who is a big horror fan. Me and Ed are not horror fans, so we kind of brought him in as a ringer. Uh, it was a really great conversation. Uh, we uh, hope to br- have a Batman show with hopefully a special guest. I won't say who that is yet because uh, you know wheels are turning. <laughs> uh, wheels are turning. We can't. Uh, justify saying the name just yet, but hopefully it will be something that we will uh, uh, be able to deliver so- uh, uh, sooner than later. We will we'll have a Game of Thrones uh, Season 7 recap coming down the pike for you, uh, which I'm also hoping to bring some ringers uh, from Superhero Hype, I'd hope. Uh, at least that, I have that as a in the back of my mind kind of uh, 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 kind of thing. Uh, is there anything you want to get to, John, before uh, before we sign off here? Any any, any any anything uh, in the pop culture world that uh, you want to bring to our, our fans' attention? I think you covered it all, and we even talked very briefly about the uh, the fight night. Yeah, so <laughs> we fight night. That's true. Uh, uh, ooh, oh, here's Ducktales came back, and it was pretty awesome. Really? Did you did you did you? I don't know. Do you remember Ducktales? Yeah. Uh, Disney XD. <laughs> Well, I was about to like end the show. I just want to. I just want to give this a little shout out. Yeah, yeah. Disney XD um, uh, brought back uh, Ducktales, and if anyone uh, is of a certain age knows, Ducktales. Uh, a lot of '90s, quote unquote '90s kids. Ducktales. Woo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, John. They brought back the theme song and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, 
Uh, DuckTales, which was actually based on Carl Barks's uh, Uncle Scrooge comics, which was this was. Oh, a- I'm sorry, I got confused real fast. I thought you said uh, Carl Marx. Not I was like, Carl Marx. <laughs> yes, Carl Marx's <laughs> Uncle. Scrooge. It's a completely, di- a completely different. Oddly, that he would use a capitalist like Scrooge McDuck. Uh-huh. To explain Marxist ideology, but yeah, somehow like, uh, <laughs> I'll actually get into that for a little bit. Um, uh, 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 Karl Barks uh, uh, did these Uncle Scrooge comics, which were immensely popular for a long period of time, and were really detailed. Like he really created this character of Scrooge McDuck as like a a actual person to the point where there are certain fans of that those comics that say. They're historically based, like in other words, he lived that the character, the the comic book character of Scrooge McDuck, lived a full life that we found his from beginning to when he dies, and that anything else afterwards is not really in the canon. It's just like those comics that were put out by 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 Carl Barks. Anywho, ha, those were adapted to the Ducktales cartoons, which actually is not as much a '90s thing as a late '80s thing. Uh, most, a lot of fans remember DuckTales uh, from like the Disney Afternoon from the 90s, but it actually made its premiere in 1987. And I remember I was uh, 10, 11 when it came out, and we weren't really a Disney family. I've, so, I've said this before. I have my favorites of some of the classic Disney tunes, but uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, that kind of stuff, not really resonated too much. Maybe Donald and Goofy a little more. Because they were a little more like the Looney Tunes. If you watch a, a Donald Duck cartoon or or Goofy, t- uh, 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 some of the Goofy ones, especially the, the 50s Goofy, uh, they're much more uh, akin to um, Looney Tunes. Right. Uh, but so they had the DuckTales uh, uh, cartoon from from the, that late 80s and 90s version. Uh, we had uh, Alan Alan uh, Alan Young, uh, who was from uh, Mr. Ed, was the voice of uh, of, of Scrooge McDuck. Um, and, you know, the, the basic idea was Donald Duck had joined the Navy. Finally, they even made a good joke of that in their original DuckTales. It was like, yeah, Uncle Donald, he used to wear a sailor suit even before he joined the Navy. And the idea was that he had joined the Navy, and so the boys, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, the nephews, had to, uh, you know, they needed someone to take care of them. And it just so happened that Uncle Scrooge would be the one. And eh, they went on fabulous adventures around the world. And I think that the first season of that show is pretty, is pretty solid. Um, later seasons, the animation got a lot worse. I think the stories got thinner. It wasn't as, it wasn't as richly well done. And I also think that it has a important part to, um, in the Disney Renaissance, because again, those first early episodes of DuckTales are really well animated. And I think you got to remember they weren't putting out a lot of animated work, Disney, in their old style. And so you suddenly had like... Hey, here's a here's a place for young and old animators to you know work on something. I don't think without Ducktales, I don't know if you would have gotten your you know Little Mermaids and all everything that happened after that made the Disney Renaissance what it was. Um, and there's something you know what? Oddly enough, for a big commie pinko uh, lefty progressive like me, there's there's a very interesting ethical capitalism. That's at the heart of the Scrooge McDuck character, which is, um, you know, he's first off, he's like Doc Savage, Man of Bronze. He's a he's a world class adventurer. You know, even though this is this is, you know, anthropomorphized animals. The idea is 
he goes around the world on these grand adventures yeah. looking for all these, you know, incredible items, you know, you know, teaches a little history and stuff. I always thought he was a, a cross between um, uh, Indiana Jones. Okay, yeah. And Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it, it, there is that. There is a, yeah. this rich guy that goes around. And, again, he has this sort of philosophy of, you know, he always says, I made my, like, they always contrast him to his, his arch nemesis, Glomgold. Yeah. Right? He's like, I made my money on the square. You know, I made my money because I was tougher than the toughies and smarter than the smarties. And I think that's a great message to send to kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, that you got to persevere, you know, but being tough is not, all, it's not enough. It's, you got to be smarter too. And of course, his famous is work, <laughs> work, work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all this sort of stuff. So here's this like reboot that they're doing. And, you know. Well, I hope they got rid of the, you know, every... Every time the show would air, it would show the same repeating suicide scene. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh, suicide you, scene. You know, he's like diving off a, a board into into his money <laughs> coin. Yes, well, that is part and, of uh, that is part let's of his. Face it, if, that's, if, that's if we were to do that, we, we would all be died. dead. Of course, <laughs> yes. But he's Scrooge McDuck. He can do that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yes, that is actually they. He does that in the first episode. Uh, and so they have this setup where um, it's a great cast. Uh, Doctor Who himself, David Tennant, really? who is Scottish, plays Scrooge McDuck, oh, cool. and he's 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 awesome. Uh, mostly because there is a kind of same, there is a similarity between the Doctor and Scrooge McDuck in the sense of they have all of this experience, uh, and but they seem unassumingly heroic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, they use their brains to get out of situations more over than anything else. They go, they have a lust for adventure to seek new things and find Slightly stuff. Slightly arrogant. Yes, absolutely. That's just like arrogance to the, 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 and they get into it. And it's just, it's, all the characters are there updated, but updated well, not in a sort of cloying and like annoying way. Like again, they have Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They no longer talk in like wah, 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 voice, but you know, like, uh, Ahmed from uh, from Community, he's one of the voices. Oh, Ahmed, nice. uh, uh, Bobby Moynihan is one of the voices of one of the of, of one of the, the the younger ducks. Um, and I I got it. I it worked. They they used Donald Duck well. The adventure in the first episode was good. Launchpad McQuack was back. Even <laughs> uh, uh, you know they did. It was a, it was just this funny thing where he's like he's. He's uh he's he wasn't a pi- he wasn't uh, Scrooge's pilot he was his uh, limousine driver, and so he keeps trying to hint. He was like, "Well, you know, I'm, I happen to be a pilot." And Scrooge McDuck's like, "Yeah, whatever." He like keeps keeps like to the point where at the end of it all, even though uh, Launchpad's been saying throughout the entire episode how he's a pilot, finally he gets to fly something, and Scrooge is, Scrooge is there, you know, about to jump out of the plane. He was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." When did Launchpad become a pilot? <laughs> you know, uh, very. You know, they they do the whole crashing thing with him. That he always crashes. You know, it's like there's one. You know, it's like uh, Scrooge accepts the kids at the like the latter half of the episode, and Launchpad is like, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" You know, I got to tell you, family or something. Oh my God, the ground! <laughs> uh, it was done really well. They read, like I said, they read, they update the characters, and I, I I was I was pleasantly surprised. And I would recommend it to anyone who um, who enjoyed the old show or who likes any of some of the newer kid shows like, say, Adventure Time uh, or uh, Gravity Falls or God, I'm trying. What was the, what's the one on with the with the, the gems from Cartoon Network? That is uh, Steven Universe. 
If you like any of those kind of shows, the writing, the characterization, uh, the humor, it's it's up there. It's on that level. So uh, a little mini review here for uh, for DuckTales, which, uh, you know, is connected to the world of comic books because it started out as a comic book. Uh that ends our show for today. I want to thank Jonathan Fergara, as always. Thank you. For being here. Uh, Edward Ng will be back at a later point in time. Uh, uh, possibly uh, for a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> uh, using a TARDIS. <clears throat> uh, please remember uh, everything I said at the beginning of the show about uh, flood relief for Texas. Uh, your fellow Americans uh, really, really need your help. Uh, and any small amount we're, uh, will do. Um, this is going to be uh, as uh, East Coaster people. We we just re- we recently had Hurricane Irene and we had Hurricane Sandy, and people are still, you know, I have an aunt who lives in Jersey. She you know she's still dealing with the ramifications of that epic storm. So you know I can only imagine what's happening now. Uh, in, in Texas with 50 inches of rain and storm surge and all and those storms passed through, you know? Yeah, exactly. This, this, one, is this one is just sticking around out, for like know? a week. So, um, please remember that as, as always follow us on our Instagram, follow us, uh, on, uh, the, I don't know because I don't handle that stuff. Ed does. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed, uh, thanks. Thanks for the dragon balls. you You had to be here you had to be there to know what that means Uh, so as always uh, I will uh, thank everyone thank you for listening and until next time to be continued hey guys thanks for listening to to be continued a fanboy podcast our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.